Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the block. Joining us on the Sutter Hammond text line. I'm sorry, on the Honda Lincoln hotline. Our friend, your friend, our old buddy, Nate Doggy Dog. KC's finest. What's up, my boy? Drake, what's going on, my man? I'm uh, sorry I couldn't catch you guys last week. Some things came up, you know, a new job. They got you working some crazy hours, working a little OT, nothing wrong. Did I tell you what, though, Drake? I've never lived in a professional sports town. I know you have, obviously, after playing in the NBA. Kansas City's popping, man. This is what a time to be in Kansas City. Uh, Chiefs Kingdom, <laughs> the Red Kingdom is alive and well. It's, it's, we're having a good time over here. Well, that's good, man. Austin, go ahead. Yeah, I'll say, uh, Nate, I did have one message to pass along from the station. It's from Rico, quote, I hate you, end quote. Your response. Oh, come on. That's usually my response. That isn't the first nor the last time I've heard that from Rico, and usually my response is, oh, come on. What are, what are we doing here? You know, Rico knows that I love him. Miss all you guys at the ticket. I'm glad that you guys love me. Come on at least once a week. The guys at the, the uh, happy hour called me the other day, though, to talk some Jeff Saturday. So hopefully we won't talk about that too much. Okay, well, let's well, just let, – let, No, no. usually what he would say, just, just a quick – uh, this is what Nate would normally say if that kind of shenanigans was going on, Austin. He would say, what are we doing? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's Nate's word. Say, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but we absolutely miss you and we love you, man. Uh, Vatek is going to be uh, taking on – Austin's got some stuff for you. He's been waiting on you to get on this uh, this line. But Vatek's got to take on Virginia, my boy. How you see it? Without oh, bias. My goodness, Jake. This is a uh, this is a tough one, right? I mean, Virginia Tech is one of the most frustrating and confusing teams in college basketball. They went on a two game win streak. Granted, it was in Castle Coliseum. Uh, they beat Duke at home. Then they beat the absolute hell out of Syracuse. Then travel to Miami and lay an egg. I, I really don't know what to expect <laughs> with this team. It gives me confidence that they're in Castle Coliseum, but Virginia looks like one of the better teams in the country. I tell you what, though, I know Nebraska is not in the same spot, but Virginia Tech is one of those you can't lose if you want to make the tournament. This would be a big quad one win if they were able to get it. It would make me a lot more confident they make the tournament. So I'm going to reluctantly say Virginia Tech doesn't win this one just to save my feelings, but I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if they pull it out. The emotional bet hedge. I love it. Uh, Andrew Alex, we talked to yesterday. He did pretty much the exact same thing. And I'll ask him some, I'll ask you something I asked him. You're a longtime purveyor of ACC hoops. You know what it's about. What is going on in this world where Clemson, Miami, and Pitt are better than Duke and North Carolina in basketball? I think the biggest thing for Duke is the Coach K theory, right? I mean, I think Coach K had more of an impact on that team than we realized towards the end of his career. I know that he kind of took a back seat. He wasn't uh, as involved with the team as in years past, but I think you're seeing that on the court. As for UNC, my goodness gracious, I don't know what the hell's that about. I mean, you come into the season, preseason, ranked number one. You've been out of the rankings completely for most of the season, if not all of the season, despite week one and two. 
I have no clue. It's a down year for the ACC. I would say it's a down year for the Big Ten. And I'll be honest with you guys, if there is ever a year where a group of five ends up winning the tournament, which I know obviously that happens more often uh, than any other sport, I guess I would say, uh, when it comes to, to basketball, especially compared to football. But my goodness, I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot right now. Uh, you look at Arizona, they're at the top. Uh, I, I think Houston's probably the team to beat. I know they're the Vegas favorite, but when you look at the ACC and Big Ten, my goodness, Strick, this is where it comes in. What are we doing? Mm. Yeah, what are we doing? That's the question. Um, but listen, man, there, there's um, – let me ask this question. Could you see uh, arena football thriving there in KC as, as you've been watching things pop really nicely for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs right now? I, that's that's such a difficult question because this is the way that I've always looked at it. You have the arena footballs, XFL, USFL, all these second-tier professional football leagues. I think that they belong more in, like, the Omahas or the Oklahoma Cities or places like that that you, you don't have a professional football team, but you would be able to have enough of a fan base to, to grasp to, to be fans of these second-tier football leagues. I've never liked the idea of that. I don't understand why the Houstons, the D.C.s, the L.A.s, why they have these XFL teams because they already got NFL teams. So I think that it would do well just because of how great of a fan base Kansas City is. But if you ask me, I would throw in an Omaha absolutely before I would do most cities because I think that Outside of the Huskers, I mean, there's not really too much to root for, right? I mean, I guess you have Creighton, but when you look talk about the whole state, I've always been a big fan of those type of cities getting an arena football team. But, hey, as a sports fan, I wouldn't complain over here in Kansas City, that's for sure. Which would do best, arena football, basketball, or hockey in Kansas City? Uh, well, it's interesting because the T-Mobile Center, which is right in the heart of downtown – was actually built to have a hockey team. At least that's what rumor on the street is. I, again, I've only been here about a month, so I don't know the full history behind that. But to my understanding, it was first built to occupy a hockey team. So I would say hockey for that reason only. But, I mean, again, it's just one of those I, – I think Charlotte's kind of in the same boat where they have football and basketball both do very well. Here in Kansas City, look at the Royals. I mean, I, I know that they're a small market team, but when the Royals are good, I mean, you know Austin as a Royals fan, the Royals do well. Like, mm-hmm. figuratively speaking, when the Royals are a good team, the Royals do well with their fans. So I think it's just one of those cities, man. Like, I mean, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Royals, they're stable franchises. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. And I, I think it's just one of those cities. You have your two franchises, and that's just kind of how it's going to be. Which would you prefer in Kansas City, basketball or hockey? Oh, hockey, 100%. Me and Strick have had That's this quick. conversation multiple times that hockey hockey is awesome to watch in person. I am I'm a firm believer that the best sport to watch in person is hockey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like basketball too, but I, I'm, I'm always hockey 100%. Yeah, listen, let me throw something your way, man. Um, it's something that's interesting that just popped up, and I – I'm going to throw it out there. Sutter Heyman text line again, 402-464-5685. How do you, what, what do you think about this? Um, there's questions now uh, kind of coming out 
about whether or not Tom Brady will resign with the Buccaneers. Although he said, I'm retired, I'm done. But the question is, would he do it on the love for cap purposes to help out the Buccaneers? Right now, uh, Tom Brady, as he leaves, he leaves behind not only a championship legacy, but also a $35.1 million cap charge for 2023. Uh, That's not money that they actually owe him but it's cash that was previously paid using the GM trickery and devices and the moves in order to basically kind of kick, kick the problem down the road. So what they're basically saying is right now, the Buccaneers sit at 55 million over the cap. The Bucks need one favor from Brady. They need him to basically sign a, a contract for the minimum of 1.1165 million and they'll need to hold off, to stave off his retirement for June 1st. Basically what that would do, uh, Nate, is it would reduce his cap charge to $11.941 million for 2023 instead of that 35. And if he does it after retirement, it'll save another $1.2 million roughly and move it down to 10.7, which would basically push it down to 24.3. A million of dead money for 2024. So that's something that's workable. But 55, whew, what, what what do you think about that? Do you think that's something uh, Brady would do? Well, Sick, I tell you what, you always know how to rile me up, and I knew you were going to throw something like this at me. No, I don't think Tom Brady's going to do it. I think that Tom Brady has never worried about anyone but himself. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about this. If this was Peyton Manning, I would say absolutely. Peyton Manning will do anything that he can to help out a franchise because he's the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback to ever step on a football field. Tom Brady, absolutely not. Oh, I, I'm just kidding. You guys know how I feel about that. I'm never going to take No, no you're not kidding. Peyton Manning's the GOAT. Keep it going. I know. I agree with that. Thank you, Austin. But uh, Tom Brady, it's interesting because, Strick, I don't know if you saw this aspect of it. Robert Kraft came out the other day and said that he wanted Brady to sign a one-year contract with the Patriots to retire a Patriot. Now, I, I, again, this is why people that are a lot smarter than me are in these roles because I would know how, I would have literally no clue how to deal with that cap situation if you were to go to the Patriots, if you would wait till a certain date to leave the Buccaneers. Um, I don't know. I, I think that he probably will retire a Patriot. I don't know how that goes into the equation. I don't really know what to expect with this, but I know if I'm the Buccaneers, I certainly want him to do something that's team-friendly, that's for sure. Wow. So, yeah, that was just something that popped up on me. And and real quick, man, we had a really big debate um, about the NIL situation on yesterday. And it, it was – it was uh, uh, Austin, real quick, you, you – you, you, um, I want you to recap it in a fine way because I'll freaking talk the rest of the minutes away and not allow <laughs> uh, Nate Nate to chime in. I'll, I'll go 20 different ways around it instead of just getting right to the point. Break it down for him and, and have him so, elaborate. So, yeah, let's give you this aspect of it, Nate. We got started on the conversation uh, because Nick Saban was talking at a, a banquet and he said that one player, a high school recruit, asked uh, him or asked Alabama for $800,000 uh, to sign with Alabama, and another one asked for $500,000 and uh, getting his girlfriend into law school there to sign. My question is, who do these guys think they are asking Alabama for money to sign them? Listen, man, this is 
me and Strick have talked about this extensively, and I'll, I'll probably just echo a lot of what Strick said because I know how he feels about this. And I, want, I want him to chime in, too, just to see where he's at now. I, I think that this is kind of what you created, right? And, and Strick and I always use the analogy that once the toothpaste comes out of the, the, the tube, it's not going back in. I mean, you, you knew this was going to happen with NIL, right? Maybe not to this extent. But the second that the NCAA stepped aside and said these kids have full reign to get as much money as they want and we're going to, quote, make it NIL money, end quote, this is what happens. You enter the floodgates. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think that Nick Saban, I'm never on Nick Saban's side, right, ever, <laughs> in basically any capacity, boo-hoo, Nick Saban, whatever have you. If you're going to the University of Alabama, Nick Saban, who has won however many national championships it is in the last decade, and you're giving him the stipulations, no, man, come on. What I mean, that, uh, again, Strick, uh, another situation. What are we doing? I mean, that, that, that's just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That's exactly what I said, man. And and I I was having trouble with it. You know, there was, there was, there was people that were chiming in in a lot of different ways. And I just really feel that, you know, regardless, I think somebody said to me, you know, if, if your child was offered 800,000, I mean, I still come from that. I'm still built that way to say, um, if you're going to throw that money away to me, shoot. Yeah. I'm going to take it. Right. Um, but, but I would still, you know, not have that to be the, the prerequisite for my son or daughter going to a specific school. Because right. of the fact that they're offering money. I'm like, no, go in there and prove to them and show them why you deserve the freaking money as opposed to, um, you know, just being able to get it up front. I just still think there should be stipulations in the contract. We talked about this as well. Stipulations meaning how many games you play, how many, you know, what are your yard requirements? There's no, there, there's, there's no maximum or minimum. Well, I think there's a minimum. Like if you, if you only throw for 500 yards and you're a quarterback, wait a minute, some of that money got to come back. That's no return on my investment. You know I mean? That's, that's how I would put it in the contract, you know, or you, you throw for a minimum. That means you ain't playing. That means you stuck it up. Somebody beat you out. And that means that money ain't coming to you because you don't deserve it. Right. Um, so there would be things in there that I would try to put in place to be some just just some ways to mitigate the loss being so one-sided to one, one, one side of the coin. Well, Strick, I, I got this question for you then, and it kind of piggybacks off of that. I know the NCAA says right now they're not going to create a contract situation. They're not going to make these kids stick with the school for however long it is and basically sign that contract. Do you think this is what we've reached? I mean, we've we've reached the slippery slope now that the NCAA has to step in and say, hey, listen, if you're going to sign these big NIL deals, you're a professional at this point. You have to sign some type of contract because, to your point, I mean, what's stopping a kid from getting the bag, as you say, and then just dipping? I mean, there's, there's yeah. nothing stopping these kids. So at some point, you're going to have to step in there. Yeah. And then and then somebody else threw this out there before we let you go, man, and, and get to the the old school crew for a crossover. Um, here's one last thing I'm going to throw at you. Someone said that if you are a person that's earning huge NIL bucks, then you should be paying for the school. You know, yeah, okay, cool, you got it, but you just take care of your room board tuition, and then that'll allow a scholarship for someone to be able to come in and hopefully earn 
some NIL money opportunities. You know, is that something you think you would, uh, you know, be okay so with? That 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 that's interesting. I don't really know how to grasp that because I I've always seen it, and Strick, I know you were the same way. Is that the reward at the end of the day was you're getting a free education, right? I yeah, mean that yeah. that that's what it is, right? That's that's what because that's what I did, man. Basically, that's what happened with me. The reason why I say that. Is because of that's what happened with me. Yes, I was good enough to earn a scholarship. Yes, right. Um, you know, but but it wasn't them that had to pay for it. It was you know the Marlins basically uh, paid for it. So in essence, I was paying for my own school because it was part of bonus that was allotted to me from being a baseball player. So it right. it, it was just thrown out, and I kind of was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." But go ahead. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it's, and I, I, and I, I know, Strick. That's why I like to rope you into this because I know you had it, an interesting circumstance because you are uh, technically already a professional athlete playing for the Marlins. But I, I just don't know. I like I've always said, and I'll end on this note: is that I, I think what's being lost in all of this is the aspect of the student athlete, right? I mean, it's, it's. I know that it's big money. I know that this is legitimately generational, life-changing money. And I'm not saying that they don't deserve it by any stretch of the imagination. Listen, if I was that good at football, I'd probably want to be compensated for it, too. Unfortunately, I wasn't nearly that good enough. So I, I just think what's being lost is a free education, man. I mean, it's just that, that that's life-changing in itself, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Millions of dollars is great. But at the end of the day, if you can be one of these kids, that you're the first in your family to get a college degree. You're the first one to to graduate and a lot of these kids now getting graduate degrees sometimes starting their doctorate man i mean i just i i think that's being lost and i think that's 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 a big aspect of it that's just a little bit sad to me is that we're devaluing a free education nathan brennan with us uh, from kctv5 down in kansas city but really you know him from here from on the block nate great catching up with you i uh, hope you continue to settle in well and hope we can catch up with you uh, a couple days before the super bowl next week yeah, absolutely, man. Go Chiefs. And uh, shout out to you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Miss all of the listeners. Miss you guys at 93.7 The Ticket. It's been weird transition. It's been weird leaving you guys, but I appreciate that you're letting me on at least once a week. So can't wait to talk to you next week. There he is, Nate Brennan. Uh, we'll throw it to break. When we get back, we got DP and Jay, the old school crew, in it for a crossover to wrap up on the block after this.